Welcome to Cultivating Goodness, the podcast where we refuse to settle for who we are in pursuit of the best we can be so we can better fulfill our purpose. In this episode, I'm going to be breaking down four ways to be happy. But first, let's get a couple of initial definitions down so that we can all be clear what we're talking about. Happiness in definition is the feeling that comes over you when you can't help but smile. The term is typically used in the context of life satisfaction or well-being or contentment or joy. Now, specifically about joy, joy is different than happiness. Happiness, to give it a little bit of analogy, happiness is smiling because the sun's out. Joy is dancing in the downpour. I like this quote by Margaret Minix. She said, happiness is based on what is happening around us. Joy is based on what is happening within us. A sense of being happy comes when people are successful or safe or lucky or sovereign lucky because, you know, God is in control of everything and he predestines and orchestrates everything according to his will. So it's not really any such thing as luck, but, you know, God is in the law, so sovereign lucky. Many consider relationships to be an essential part of happiness as healthy relationships like family or friends or with significant others. Those type of relationships improve the quality of life and bring joy to us. Now, joylessness, in in contrast, in the opposite here, joylessness is like a termite. It eats away at something that was once whole. So in order for us to define what happiness is and how to be happy, we first need to identify what exactly is preventing us from being happy. If you're over here trying to figure out how to be happy, okay, why is that? Why are you not happy? What threatens your joy? This may be a disorientation from life goals or doubt or desires that have been misplaced. Maybe you're living in the past or comparing yourself to others. My dad made this graphic that has the beginning of a sentence written across the front. It says, I could be happy if, fill in the blank. I could be happy if. How you finish that sentence is what controls you the most. Some find it hard to be happy because they see the past better than it was, or the present worse than it is, or the future less resolved than it will be. My advice would be, never let the sadness of your past or the fear of your future ruin the happiness of your present. So with that precursor established, how to be happy. Here are four ways. Number four, be content. The key to happiness is contentment. Count your blessings. Be grateful for what you have rather than looking over the fence at what you could have. One anonymous internet user once said, children are the greatest lesson in happiness, constantly challenging us to enjoy the moment as the next one will not be the same. I like this other quote by Rachel Cruz. She is Dave Ramsey's daughter. So she's an American author who unsurprisingly specializes in the subject of personal finance. She said, Content people don't always have the best of everything, but they make the best of everything. Dolly Parton illustrates this concept, this idea in her song, Code of Many Colors, which me and my siblings have grown up on country rock because of my dad's upbringing. And one of my dad's goals is to educate us and and enrich us with the culture that he grew up with. And so my siblings and I have grown up to listening, you know, to um, Johnny Cash and Randy Travis and Dolly Parton and, you know, all the fun things. So Code of Many Colors has been a childhood favorite growing up, and it connects specifically to this idea of happiness because Dolly Parton growing up, she didn't have any money, but when her mom made her this colorful patchwork coat, she said in her song Code of Many Colors, one is only poor, only if they choose to be. The philosopher Socrates said it this way, the secret of happiness, you see, is not found in seeking more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less. 
If you've gone through a breakup, for example, to get specific here for a minute, it's good to enjoy the company of friends you made long before the lost relationship ever began. Find your identity not in what you have lost, but in what you have always had. I like the way that Anne Frank said it. Look at the beautiful things that are still around you and be happy. Because there are so many beautiful reasons to be happy. H. Jackson Brown Jr., he's an American author who's best known for his inspirational book, Life's Little Instruction Book. I like this quote where he advises, Watch the sunrise at least once a year. Put a lot of marshmallows in your hot chocolate. Lie on your back and look at the stars. Never buy a coffee table you can't put your feet on. Never pass up a chance to jump on a trampoline. Don't overlook life's small joys while searching for the big ones. As another anonymous internet user said, the smile on my face doesn't mean my life is perfect. It means I appreciate what I have and what God has blessed me with. So number four, be content. Number three, make something of the present. Stop waiting for Friday, for summer, for someone to fall in love with you for life. Happiness is achieved when you stop waiting for it and make the most of the moment you are in now. Eckhart Tolle, or Tolle, I'm not entirely sure how you say his name. He's German. He's a German-born spiritual teacher and self-help author who lives in Canada. He once said, if you think that when you take a vacation or find the ideal partner or get a better job or a nicer place to live or whatever it is, then you will finally be happy. That's when you lose yourself in the future. Or as Albus Dumbledore once told Harry Potter, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. But don't just live like wild and free. Live with conviction, with meaning, with purpose, and for others. This is going back to the core of our purpose because we were not given another day in our life because we need it, but because somebody else needs us. I like this quote by Sean Covey, who is an American business executive, author, speaker, and innovator. He said that the happiest and most effective people I know are those who use their talents to make a positive difference in others' lives. The best feeling of happiness is when you are happy because you've made somebody else happy. As the acronym goes, Jesus first, others next, yourself last. Joy. Number two, how to be happy? Set goals you will never accomplish. And this sounds kind of counterintuitive, but let me explain. I got this concept from a college internship that I did with my church. The first summer that I was in college, we had the co-founder, one of the co-founders of Elias Ministries. His name is Cam Hill. He came and spoke to us during one of our Tuesday meetings, and he spoke from the passage 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9, specifically about joy. And he defined joy as a holy longing for Christ's kingdom. And this is the whole essence of righteous discontentment. You know, discontentment in and of itself is not a good thing, and you don't want to sit and wallow and, and just be complaining and whining all the time. But a righteous discontentment is where you are living and you're present and you're, you know, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. You're being present where you are right now in life, but you are going after the next thing, the better thing with not forsaking where you are now, but you're going after the next thing. And that's the whole epitome of this podcast here. Like we're recognizing how we can be the best we can be right now where we are right now in life, whether that's a happy season where we're loving on others or a hard season where we're just trying to hang on without falling apart. It's as Jane Austen once said, we're good enough to know that we can be better. We're looking to become the best we can be. And 
And joy is a sign that our eyes are set on the kingdom, which is the ultimate of ultimate things as we're going after these things that we're pursuing, like, yes, the best we can be as an individual person. But the ultimate thing that we need to be set on is the kingdom. And joy is a sign that you are set on that kingdom because joy keeps you on target and keeps you driven. I love the way that C.S. Lewis said it in this quote, joy is distinct not only from pleasure in general, but even from aesthetic pleasure. It must have the stab the pang, the inconsolable longing. You'll never love something you don't long for, and you can't long for something you don't believe in. Joy cannot exist without faith, and faith is tethered to something. Our confidence is anchored in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I like this quote by Jürgen Moulton. He's a German theologian and professor of systematic theology. He said, Faith, wherever it develops into hope, causes not rest, but unrest, not patience, but impatience. It does not calm the unquiet heart, but is itself this unquiet heart in man. Those who hope in Christ can no longer put up with reality as it is, but begin to suffer under it, to contradict it. Peace with God means conflict with the world, for the goad of the promised future stabs inexorably into the flesh of every unfulfilled present. This is why your life goals shouldn't be ones you can actually achieve, because if you achieve them, if you reach them, you will eventually be dissatisfied. My classic example with this is if you spend the front end of your life longing to be married, when the giddiness of finally getting married wears off, you'll go looking for the next thing. I mean, like, why do you think the divorce rate is so high in our country? It's because people just have this fairy tale anticipation and idea of what marriage is going to be like. And they're shooting for that. And they want that. And they want that peace and fulfillment. And then when they get there, they're like, okay, well, what's the next thing? I like, I've spent my entire life being enveloped in this purpose to like become a husband, to become a wife. And then I'm here and okay, now what do I do? Then we, we they go lo- looking for the next thing. And this is like where divorce and adultery and all these things come in. That's a very specific example, but we need to make goals like the furtherance of God's kingdom or the confirmation to Christ's character and focusing on that ultimate goal, focusing on like keeping your life aligned to like where it needs to be to those core fundamental things that will ripple out into being a good wife, mother, husband, father, brother, sister, friend, neighbor, all of these things. And unless Christ comes back within our lifetime, we're going to spend our entire lives working for a kingdom we won't see in these bodies that are not going to be conformed to Christ-like character because we're only going to reach that when we're in heaven. Yet there is a happiness that comes in knowing that we are contributing to something greater than ourselves. As Hamilton said it in the musical, specifically in the song, The World Was Wide Enough, he said, legacy. What is legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. And so that's where it can seem like, why on earth would you want to make goals you could never accomplish? That seems so empty and hopeless. Well, it's because there is a deeper joy and satisfaction in knowing like there's something bigger than me. There's something bigger that I'm contributing to and going after. And in the end, in the ultimate end, when we as believers are reunited in heaven, that's when it will be completely fulfilled and worth it. And while we are here on earth, It's going to ripple out into the individual aspects of our life. I want to be known as someone who believed in that ultimate goal, who believed in the kingdom of God and gave her life in pursuit of it. So that's number two, how to be happy. Set goals that you're never going to accomplish in this lifetime. And the number one way to be happy, abide in Christ. Each of the previous points ultimately comes back to this one of Christ and our relationship with him. As A.W. Tozer once said, 
Trying to be happy without a sense of God's presence is like trying to have a bright day without the sun. Elements of this truth are present all throughout scripture, specifically in Psalms, especially in Psalms. Like Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is abundant joy. And Psalm 63, five through six says, my soul will be satisfied when I remember you upon my bed and meditate you in the watches of the night. The secret of a happy life is giving God the first part of your day, the first priority in every decision and the first place in your life. When it comes down to it, Christians should be the happiest people on the planet because our biggest problem has been solved. We have been saved. We have been redeemed. We have so much to sing about that we're going to fill eternity with praise. Christ is risen. Therefore, every day is a good day. As 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you have any other specific questions of something that you would like me to dive into more specifically of something you were like, hey, wait, you glazed, glossed over that, glazed over that a little too quickly. I would love to dive deeper into some little aspect here that I basically summarized in four ways to be happy. So let me know via the contact form linked below, or you can send me a voice message on Anchor and I will get you an answer and response in blog post, video, podcast, all of the above, one or the other, as soon as possible. But for now, you can find more resources like this on my blog, Tristan Sinclair.com and then also of course this podcast and then also on YouTube where I'm putting out video formations of this and also you can check out other related blog posts I'll link below the one about purpose I did a podcast and an article about purpose about like why are we here on earth what is our ultimate purpose Uh, another one about how to fight your battles if you're in a hard season and you're trying to figure out just how to make it through a season without falling apart This one's a really good article in explaining how to make it to the other side. And then also I'll link in six reasons why bad things happen, which is my blog post where I explain the purpose of pain. So make sure you check all of those out. And of course, if you have any other questions, please let me know. I would love to answer your questions as best I can.